Hi everyone, it's Bert from Season Gaming and we're back with our bi-weekly BitCast. Now we've been away for a few weeks and uh, did, did want to mention who we're going to have on the BitCast today. We've got Ains as usual and we have Dan from Digital Hoarders and the main topic today is going to be very interesting with Dan because he's a digital guy. But before we get started with our news and everything else, I did want to kind of turn it over to Ains really quick to kind of talk to you about where we've been after E3 and what we have coming down the line for you as well. Ains? Yeah, hi everyone. So um, as you know, we were doing a lot of coverage uh, during E3 last month, which is already a month ago, which seems kind of crazy. Um, we had a lot of post E3 content planned. And uh, if you don't follow our site, if you're just one of our uh, general viewers or listeners of the podcast, uh, I put an update on the site a few weeks ago. Uh, in short, uh, had a family tragedy when I got back from E3. Um, it took me kind of out of the world for a few weeks. And so uh, the site was basically on hiatus for a while as our uh, podcast and e post E3 content was as well. If in, in case you didn't notice, we haven't published anything since then. So this is going to be our first podcast since, as Bert just said. And uh, you can look forward to Season Gaming resuming starting this week with this podcast and content coming down the line. Thanks, Ains. And so with that being said, our bidcast today is going to be kind of simple. We're not going to go into super detail like we usually do with all the news that's happened in the last couple of weeks or kind of the new releases and, and stuff like that. Thankfully, the summertime is kind of a slow time for new releases and I should say big releases. So there's not really much to talk about there. Um, as I did mention, so Dan being with us for Digital Hoarder, thanks for being with us as usual, Dan. It's always great to have you on these. Um, and our topic today is kind of retail gaming and what we think its future is going to be. So with the joke kind of being around, Dan does everything digitally. Um, I shouldn't say everything, Dan. Is it everything you do or do you do a lot of your stuff digitally? I literally have three hard copies of games and two of them are for the OG Xbox and I think one Nintendo Switch game. And that's okay. Yeah, so pretty much everything. Yeah, so you do pretty much everything. Um, yeah. If you look at my background and Ains's background, whenever you, whenever we get the full uh, stuff set up at Ains's new location, <laughs> you'll see <laughs> vastly different as mm -hmm. to how we do um, our, our our content and our collections and games that we buy. So um, we're going to kind of go through what we do buy today, and we'll talk more when we get to the uh, main topic. Let's go ahead and start out with the biggest news stories that are kind of happening for the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to kind of kick it off with the big one that has been going on since before even E3 um, and why it's become a big deal in the last couple weeks. So the, the main uh, story here is crossplay. Now, if you're not been following the news or if you're not into understanding what crossplay is, the simple side of it is and what's going on right now is Fortnite. So Fortnite made its way onto the Nintendo Switch. When it went onto the Nintendo Switch, if you did ever have an account on the Sony PlayStation 4 platform, your profile is stuck on the Sony PlayStation 4 platform. However, if you played on PC, if you played on Xbox One, or if you are starting your Fortnite career on the Switch, you can kind of save that profile across the other three platforms that you play on. So why is this a big deal? Why has it become a big problem? Well, first of all, if you've had that profile on PlayStation 4, you have to create a brand new profile on your other uh, platform that you're playing on outside of the PlayStation. Um, so people are kind of up in arms about it. They're pretty upset. Um, and what has happened recently in the news, as in the last week, is Bethesda has now commented on it. And the reason they're commenting, commenting on it is because Fallout 76 has been talked about having some cross-play features. Now, with that happening and with the inability to have cross-play on the PlayStation 4, 
We're not going to be seeing crossplay at the current time with Fallout 76. We may see it between PC and Xbox One, but that's still to be determined. There has not been any official announcements about what will and what will not be crossplay. But we did really br briefly want to talk about it, share our thoughts on it. Uh, Ains, why don't you kind of kick us off here on your thoughts on crossplay or if it even matters to you? Yeah, I think it does matter. Um, funny enough, it was we were in the apartment at E3 when we first downloaded Fortnite, weren't we, on the Switch? And um, I have only played Fortnite on the Xbox and never tied my Epic account to my PSM profile. Um, and so, yeah, I, w I actually played a game of Fortnite on the Switch just for the hell of it the other day just to try it. And uh, my son was checking it out. And I had no problem pulling over my data, my full profile, et cetera. But I remember you saying there was just no way uh, you're completely locked out of it. And I think it's kind of ridiculous. Um, my thoughts on it overall, I think it is important. Um, we're, if you think about any other medium um, or any other thing you do, right, uh, that you can share with other people, gaming is one of the few that is still left siloed to individual pieces of hardware. Um, and I think that's kind of ridiculous, especially considering everything nowadays is so connected uh, from a server standpoint. So if you think about it from a technology standpoint, um, all these games running on servers and we've seen multiple devs, right? Not just Epic. We've seen the Rocket League devs, um, Minecraft, as you said, there's a bunch of others that are just more and more coming saying, look, we can turn this on between systems with the flick of a switch. Um, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. It's Sony just using their market leader position. Um, to basically just say they're not going to do it. And I think that's a bad decision. It's bad for gamers. And I think it's bad for them in the long run, too. This is not a good look for them. And it's really uncalled for, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, I don't care about crossplay. I mean, I, honestly. But the cross-progression stuff, pulling your Epic account, which is, you know, your third-party account that's tied to, you know, the PlayStation is kind of ridiculous. When it first popped up, um, I actually saw, I think it was Greg Miller on Twitter. And yeah. He was, yeah, he was saying some stuff about it. He was kind of upset. And I really thought it was just, you know, I didn't really think it was just PlayStation or Sony. You know, it, I thought it was more <clears throat> just Epic, which it, I really, they really haven't been super clear. Um, when I tried to sign on to my switch, I accidentally just picked like a regular account and just, and so I, I could never get back to the login page to lo link my kids' uh, Xbox accounts. Eventually I had to just basically make two new Nintendo accounts, got it all through it. Um, but the progression I think is more, you know, important than the actual crossplay. Now, if Sony doesn't want to do the crossplay, I understand from an economic standpoint, but, you know, from a PR standpoint, that it really does look bad. It looks really bad for them. But, you know, you're the, you're the market leader for, you know, other reasons. You know, it's not going to hurt you. In fact, it would help you out a little bit more. The ability to play between the consoles, especially Nintendo and Xbox, is, I mean, I, I would have never thought that would ever be the case. Um, but having that account linked and not being able to pull your progression over... I'm fine with them not wanting to cross play and not wanting them to do that kind of stuff. I think it's an awesome idea. I think it's, you know, really cool. And I think if they continue on this trend that Nintendo and Xbox are going to really benefit from that, um, you know, I can see them, you know, there's been talk about maybe eventually bringing their, their game pass to the switch. That would be huge. You know, I mean, it's just, 
you're trying to those guys are trying to make it better for those gamers for gamers in general um blocking that kind of stuff i mean you know i i understand but at the same time i think that uh they're really missing out on a you know you know a really good opportunity right now and they might do it eventually anyway so who knows yeah, as far as my opinion goes on the whole thing, I think it's an unfortunate thing for Sony. I think the press has been really poor um, for them in general. I hope that they kind of come to their senses on the entire thing and at least consider it a little bit more. It has been a selective crossplay functionality that they're turning off and on depending on the games. So I think that's kind of a weird thing. There are some other games that do have crossplay on the uh, on the Sony PlayStation platform, for example, Street Fighter. There's, it's on PC and on PlayStation, and they do allow crossplay there. So that's kind of a weird thing. Um, there's been some other titles as well that do have the crossplay function turned on. So I think Sony is choosing to uh, turn it on for certain games that maybe benefit them and turn it off for other games that benefit other platforms, not just Xbox, but Nintendo as well. Um, we'll see what the future holds. I hope that maybe at least next generation, this thing isn't even a conversation anymore. Uh, to Dan's point about you know not really caring if they're the actual cross-play feature is working between let's say a, a PlayStation 4 and an, a PC, um, I kind of go both ways on there. I, I would struggle to play a game where someone has a keyboard and mouse advantage over me, um, but I think it can simply be an option. You know, if you want to play the cross-play games with those folks, I'll go play cross-play games with them. If I want to play just the Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo platform, I'll choose just to stick inside of that. Um, kind of environment or or things going on for that. So uh, Call of Duty kind of has some features with that. They do it with, with their maps. Like if you want to play with just the folks that have the launch maps, you'll only play with them. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's not that hard to do from a networking standpoint as far as that feature goes. But um, it's unfortunate, and uh, let's hope that it gets figured out. Um, did you guys have anything else you want to touch on there, or are you all ready to move on? Yeah, no, the only other thing I was going to say that um, crossplay benefits the gamers is that, um, you know, for games like Fortnite that have tens of millions of players, it's not that big of a deal. But for games as they get older or smaller titles, indie titles, um, having crossplay between multiple platforms really helps the player base, right? So, like, um, is it uh, like Rocket League has tens of millions of players too? But I believe like Super Mega Baseball 2 came out on, um, on uh, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, and. PC, I believe. I'm trying to remember. There was a game I was just playing recently that, um, you know, played between Xbox and PC. And of course, that, you know, potentially doubles or more your player base of a single game. So from a matchmaking and ranking standpoint, you know, if you're trying to match people at a skill level um, to be closer to one another, you have more people to pull from the more systems and more players you have. So it can benefit in that way, too. Yeah, a good joke of a game right now that you could kind of say that that may have helped, but maybe not, is Lawbreakers. So if you guys remember, they were keeping track of how many people were playing Lawbreakers. At one time, it was like a 1,000, and then eventually it got down to like 10 people on the PC. Mm -hmm. The crossplay was, <laughs> cross was not turned on between PC and PlayStation 4, and if that would have been there, imagine what those two people would have been able to play with the PlayStation guys. <laughs> And maybe would have stayed alive, alive a little bit longer, but that's a perfect example. I mean, just to have the number of people playing that game gets better as the game ages. Um, yeah, I agree. I think the devs are going to start noticing that stuff too, and you know, they might you know make some decisions based on that kind of thing. You know, it's like I said, it, it, I understand it from Sony's standpoint. You know, you don't want to because I can go on my Switch now, buy V Bucks or whatever it is for Fortnite spend it through there and then then you know they get a whatever 
80% take or 70% take. I think it's 70, 30 or something like that um, of my money, you know, where, and then Sony, they're saying, well, we want that 70%. It's a little bit greedy, you know, but I mean, for the most part, games like that, you know, and the switch, you know, they're not going to be playing that as their main console for the most part, you know? So I don't know. I, I can go either way. I, the progression, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I think that should be unlocked regardless. But as far yeah, as crossplay, I, I understand what you guys are saying. It does open up that big player base, which would be awesome. But, you know, and there there are also some pitfalls to that, you know, i.e. Sea of Thieves. You know, I, I can't play with people that are, I, you can tell a lot of times when they've got that, that uh, keyboard and mouse, yep. it's just such an unfair advantage, you know, as far as that kind of stuff goes. So I, 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 I see the benefits. I also see where Sony's coming from, but ultimately that's where the industry I think is heading. So yep. hopefully they jump on the, the ship. All right. Well, speaking of other ships, let's talk briefly about Nintendo. So Nintendo had a great uh, 2017. They did very well financially. Uh, the Switch launched in 2017. They had amazing sales numbers. Um, and the lineup at E3 came out for the Switch. And uh, with us being at, a three, at E3 and when we covered the Nintendo conference, we were kind of let down at the lineup that's coming. Um, with that being said, um, the investors for Nintendo are also kind of let down for the past two months. A couple months ago, their stock was down 17%. It is now down more than 30%. Um, because of, I think what the uh, investors were saying is lack of confidence in the lineup that's currently coming up. Uh, we've also seen Nintendo Switch uh, consoles kind of slow down in their big kind of wave of sales that were happening. And now analysis are, are still talking about the Nintendo Switch outselling both other consoles, so the Xbox One and the PlayStation. So some interesting news there having to do with that. Um, as we do know, the Microsoft Xbox One, One X, One S, and the PlayStation Slim, I guess, which you can get now in Pro, um, they're already far into the life of the console. So we would expect the Switch to sell a lot more. However, it's there has been some months that the Switch has not been the uh, most selling console of that month. So it's a very interesting time for right now for Nintendo. Um, I, I think we've, we've all, all three of us have been voicing the fact that the Nintendo Switch has been kind of a yawn fest for us in the last six, seven months after we kind of got our Ma Mario Odyssey fix in. There hasn't really been much to play. No, I think that's one of the biggest problems. I mean, you don't have um, the games to, you know, support it. Um, I know Octopath Traveler came out, but that's really, I hate to say it, but it's more of a niche game. I'm going to play the crap out of it, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have any of those big, you know, like you said, Mario. You know, when uh, Smash Brothers comes out, I'm sure they're going to see a huge spike because it's Smash Brothers, even though it's probably mostly a ported game and that's that's another thing you know they're not really you know they're, they're pulling all these games like isn't toad ported from the wii yeah. u right mm -hmm. okay so it, it's and donkey kong and donkey kong right yeah <laughs> and, and that's what they're doing right now i i think you want to come out you know strong and you know get as much as you can and get that base up but you you've got to have the games to support it you know, and that's, I mean, you can see it through the just sales numbers, you know, Sony puts out all these single player, you know, exclusive experiences and, you know, their numbers are going up, up, up and up. And it, I, I think it'll outsell both of them because it's Nintendo and Nintendo can do no wrong. It's the basically 
Kojima of consoles. So it's, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, literally they can put whatever it's like, Hey, look, this is awesome. We made it buy it. And then people do it, you know? So Fortnite, I would have thought would probably have bumped it up maybe a little bit. Cause people couldn't be like, Oh, now I can play Fortnite. I can just take it on the road with me and do whatever I want, you know, but I don't know if it's too soon to kind of see those numbers or I haven't really looked at them. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, Smash Brothers is the latest game coming this year, right? Isn't it December? December 7th or yeah. something? Yeah, um, it's their big game, but also the Pokemon games coming are supposed to be oh, yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon games. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, those, those two are like a, they're like minor games, right? The, the big new Pokemon game's not coming until next year. Um, but I, I don't know. I think with this fall, I mean, I think Black Ops 4 is going to be huge, and I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be massive. And neither of those experiences you will have on the Switch. Um, so Spider-Man too, yeah. Spider-Man. Um, there's probably others I'm forgetting. I'm a little out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- those big, big AAA blockbusters, uh, Battlefield Five. there's another one, um, that are coming in fall that we know about. Um, almost none of them are coming to the Switch. So I don't know. I, I think that Dan, Dan has something when he says, and we've talked about this bird at length, it's just Nintendo's Nintendo, and they have a rabid fan base that um, seems to buy it no matter what. Now, I would think the majority of those people by the end of uh, 2018 will have already bought their Switch. It's not like they're buying multiple Switches. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I I, I see a, a tick up, honestly, in the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X sales um, later this fall just due to these big experiences and people finally wanting to upgrade 4K TVs being more prevalent. Um, the Switch just doesn't do it in that same realm. So. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I don't really know. That's why I'm not an analyst. Yep. <laughs> We're just here with opinions, folks. We're here with opinions. Uh, one of the things that I, I do think, so um, if you think historically, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One did not have the best exclusives at the launch of their consoles. They each had a couple that were really great, and that was really it. But the, the big difference there is that they had a third-party supporting cast that kind of carried the consoles through the first couple of years. Um, a lot of people talk and rave about the PlayStation experience for exclusives, but the killer exclusives didn't start until late 2016 and flowed into 2017 and, and where we are today in 2018. So um, when you don't have those third-party experiences that are happening on the other consoles, you're really going to start to struggle. So I think Nintendo Switch is really starting to get there. To Ains's point, I mean, if you are a rabid Nintendo fan, you have already grabbed your Switch. At this point, you're only getting the rest of the folks, and they have no price drop right now, as we were hoping we would hear at E3, but we didn't here in the States. Um, and so the people are still paying $300 for a Nintendo Switch, and that makes zero sense when you can even get a PlayStation 4 Pro for $350 in many cases when it goes on sale tax-free many times, depending on what state you're in. And you have an Xbox One X right around the corner, only another 150 bucks, 100, 200 dollars more. So, it's uh, it's kind of a tough sell for a lot of the casual gamers. Um, if you've already knocked out your first party Nintendo Switch games that you really wanted to play, as we mentioned, you're kind of stuck wondering what to play next. And I think that's where, when you look at the library of the Xbox One and the PlayStation, you're really kind of struggling to keep that as your main console, as Dan was talking about. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting year. Fall is going to be nuts. As we talked during E3, the release schedule, mainly for third party and first party games, is going to be nuts on the other consoles and PC. So we'll see what that holds. Um, And as we can never escape the news when we talk about it, Fortnite and uh, PUBG, I feel like we've talked about it in every single bidcast. But (laughs) 
Uh, Bluehole has dropped its lawsuit against Epic for a number um, of lawsuit uh, claims that they were claiming were happening. Uh, we have not got exact reasons as to why the lawsuit was dropped, how much of an effect that's going to have on gamers. I don't think it really matters at this point. Um, but that's really it there. I mean, I don't think any of us really cared as to what was going to happen. I don't think either Fortnite or PUBG was going to get shut down in any way whatsoever. Um, so that's just a really quick story um, that was mentioned in the past couple weeks. Um, let's move over to our next news story, which is kind of a fun one for people that, as we're talking about crossplay, but games that are leaving their timed exclusivity from other consoles or that may be making their way onto other consoles. And the latest one that is rumored, or at least in talks, is the Yakuza series, which has traditionally been on a Sony console. Um, now, the the big talk on here is that their uh, producer, and let me make sure I pronounce or try to pronounce his name properly, is Daisuke Sato. So uh, this is the producer that was recently asked what he would do if he could bring the console, sorry, the his games onto the Xbox console or the Nintendo Switch console. He briefly mentioned that he doesn't really think that the Yakuza series would really take off on the Nintendo Switch console based on the type of games that sell there. He did state that he is interested, there's no promises or any development that has been announced, um, that if there is an interest on the Xbox console, that he would consider it. So um, there's been a lot of social media push for this. If you have not played a Yakuza game, it is a lot of fun. Um, I've played a couple of them. I'm holding off on six just because I don't have time to play it. And I do want to pick up Yakuza 0. Um, and the only place to get those right now is on the PlayStation 4. Some are coming to PC. So if they're coming to PC, why aren't they coming to Xbox? That's the big question. If they are coming, I personally am in mega excited. Yeah, I know these are very popular games. Um, I haven't played them myself, um, but it, it. I think the reason they're not on Xbox is the reason a lot of these Japanese games are not on Xbox is just as there's no Xbox presence in Japan. But um, you know, I think we're starting to see that shift again. You know, back with the original Xbox, there was no presence. Xbox 360 broke into it a little bit, and we started to see those Japanese games on 360. Um, when Xbox One launched, that kind of reset, you know, and we haven't seen those for a while, but we're starting to see those again now. You know, you were just talking about those timed exclusive games like Nier and um, <clears throat> what's the other one that just came over? Um, Crash Bandicoot, Crash. but that's not really, ja that's not really yeah. Japanese. Um, no, I, think, I think Nier was a big one because it's made by Platinum, right? And so and Platinum, Hellblade did. And Hellblade did. Um, but, you know, we saw at E3, you know, during the Xbox briefing, we saw the new From Software game, you know. Um, is it uh, Shakira? Shakira? I can't remember how it's pronounced now. Shakira. Shakira. She's Shakira, dancing, Shakira. dancing in the shadows. No. Um, <laughs> shadows uh, shadow die twice. And, um, you know, we saw Devil May Cry uh, 5. Um, and Phil Spencer, I know himself, has commented that, you know, they really um, are focusing on Japanese content again. So it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, to see Yakuza come over. And I mean, why wouldn't they, right? Why wouldn't they port it when you've got this 40 million user base that you can pull from? I mean, we've, I know Nier uh, has seen pretty good sales as well on the Xbox side. Yep. So um, it just makes sense. I, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. It's a global market. It's a global economy. I don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why we still have this Japanese, you know, won't be on Xbox thing. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's kind of gotten even bigger as a lot of those Japanese games are releasing on PlayStation in the States and people are talking about, I think word of mouth is massive right now and social media is really helping that out. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't know. It'd be neat. Now, you know, I mean, we always say it, right? We're we're exclusives are what they are, and the con the companies need them, the consoles need them. But you know, the more people who can play good games, the better. So bring them on. And we, uh, you know, that's the other example I was thinking of. Uh, Shenmue One and Two collection is coming out soon on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the whole Shenmue Three conversation, Final Fantasy Seven remake conversation. You know, we'll see where that goes. Kingdom Hearts, another one. Kingdom Hearts Three is coming to Xbox. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've never played. Oh, I take that back. I played like five minutes. I think of Yakuza Zero, and um, I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. So <laughs> I stopped playing it. It seems like <laughs> a game that might be good, but you know, any here's the bottom line: any games, you know, that come over to Xbox, you know, it, more people get to play them, and more power to them. You know, I picked up. I have near. Automata for the PlayStation. I played through it the first playthrough, then I stopped playing it. I loved the game, absolutely loved it. Then I bought it for Xbox because I'm an idiot, you know. So it, it's and I'm playing through it, you know. I heard you got to play it like three times, so you know, people are gonna buy it, you know, regardless. I have that one, Witcher 3, you know, I think Tomb Raider and about three or four other ones that I have on both consoles. I have no idea why doesn't make any sense maybe it's achievements <laughs> i don't know but i don't even think that's the case maybe you're just a hoarder <laughs> maybe i'm know. a digital hoarder <laughs> i'm gonna lean more towards idiot but you know we'll go with that for now but yeah you know, any any more you know games coming to the console is it's it's good i mean it's good stuff i hope it does i hope they bring over lots more games you know but it, whatever i'm i'm gonna go back and probably play it eventually maybe yeah yeah, and the other thing is, is it, that's interesting is that it's easier to develop between consoles now than it used to be. Um, the, the Sony PlayStation Three, from what we heard from developers, was a nightmare to develop for. The 360 was a lot easier to develop for, and now that these consoles are more PC-like, um, they're easier to port between consoles. So we'll see if that happens. Obviously, first-party games are probably not going to be ported between each other at least anytime in the near future. But a, a Yakuza game, the simple way to think about it, if you've never played it before, if you've only heard about it, is if you played any of the Mafia games back in the day, Mafia 1, 2, not so much 3, but um, it's pretty much <laughs> a Mafia in Japan. Um, and that's all it is with like a GTA uh, kind of gameplay style. You can drive cars, you can run around, you can just punch people. There's tons of mini games to play. But if you're just, if you not into the Japanese culture at all, you're not really going to care for it. It's going to hurt it. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, I heard they're really like uh, entrenched in Japanese culture, right? Like there's it very yep. a, a huge dichotomy of like serious stuff combined with really off the wall, goofy stuff. Yeah. Is, is there an audio option to make it English or is it yeah. all subtitled? No. So I, that, maybe did, that was my problem. I was just like, what? I don't like reading. Did you play the remaster, Dan? Or what did you play for Yakuza 0? Uh, whatever is on the PlayStation 4. So... I, I assume it, I think it's zero. I have no idea. When, when it's, did zero? I assume came out before six. Six just came out not too long ago. Yeah. So, right. so zero is literally the same. So Yakuza Zero was the original Yakuza, and they rebuilt the game on the Yakuza Six engine. So it looks okay. really pretty. You have everything. There oh, is a yeah, yeah. There is a complete translation mm-hmm. and everything. You can play it dub. You can play it with subtitles. You can play it completely uh, with uh, English speaking actors. So it's okay. uh, depending on, maybe it's a setting you missed or something, but yeah. Maybe, yeah that, I, well, I didn't really look either to be fair. I just you know, started <laughs> playing it and it was in Japanese, you know, not racist hashtag. It was just, I just don't, I can't focus. 
for some reason. No, there's a lot going on. Um, Like like I said, if you're into the Japanese culture and all the mini games that they play and stuff, you're going to love it. If you don't care for it whatsoever, (laughs) non-racist, as we just said, if it's just not for you, then you probably won't like the Yakuza games is the easiest way to think about it. Yeah, I'll try it out again. Cool. All right. So um, if there's any other big news that you've watched, um, you know, we'll probably start catching up on our weekly and daily news here in the near future. And on our next BitCast, we will have, you know, the news that's happened in the last two weeks. We just wanted to touch on a few stories just to kind of keep you up to date. We're not going to talk about new releases this month or for for what's released this month or the last couple weeks either. We're still going to talk about what we've been playing since E3, what Dan has been playing in his number of games that he plays. He's got a ton of stuff that he plays. Uh, Dan, actually, why don't you kick us off? What what are you into these days? (laughs) Apparently Dingo Hunter Extreme. Um, (laughs) No, okay, so I've been playing a lot of Nier. I've been trying to – I'm pushing myself because – you know, you play through the first time and then you got another couple, you know, no spoilers, but you got to play to get the full experience. You want to play through it at least three times from what I've heard. All right. The second playthrough is pretty monotonous. However, the third playthrough <laughs> seems all right so far. Um, played the heck out of that. I finished Prey, the first, the original game. Um I'm just looking at your stuff because really this is basically all I've been playing. Kingdom Come Deliverance. Let me talk about that for one second. All right. <laughs> Listen, I love like a lot of things about that game. The lock picking makes me not want to play it. And it's so so bad. And then you know, they're like, you know oh, it's gotten easier. When the game first launched, no, it, was it like, didn't. They uh, reskinned it. That's what no. happened. They basically reskinned it. I'm like, what? So I'm I literally it was probably 30 lockpicks I went through on the practice one. We have like unlimited lockpicks. I'm sitting there with my stupid thumbs and i cannot i mean i literally back out and back back in because maybe i can put that you know thing in a tumbler in a right better position or something it's jarring for me that it's so hard it was made for a mouse and, p- and keyboard period i mean that's how i think they developed it and i think you know it didn't translate well to consoles and I, you know i saw that they fixed it no, not so much. I, I, I literally, I cannot play the game because of the lockpicking, which is stupid because it seems like a really, really good game. You know, I've loved everything else. I love the combat. I, I love the RPG elements, you know, and, but I can't pick locks. And I, I'm so used to like <laughs> Skyrim or Fallout, you know, where the lockpicking is, you know, can be challenging, but it's pretty simple, you know. I'm, I'm you know, dumb it down for these old guys because this, this is, you know, I play most of my games no shame on easy mode because <laughs> I, I'm not good anymore. I just seem like I've lost all my skills, but um, all your lock picking skills. Yeah, I can't, that, <laughs> for sure that that's gone. Um, anyway, I'll, you know, I like, I like the game. I just can't get past <laughs> the stupid lock picking. So aside from that, I've been playing, I actually played some Fortnite the other night uh, that lasted two matches. I'm done with that game because <laughs> I basically land, I get, I get like two guns. I walk outside and I die and rinse and repeat. That is basically how I play Fortnite. So that's not ever happening again. Playing a lot of Sea of Thieves Been playing uh, uh, the demo for Octopath Traveler. Uh, I'm waiting on finishing near before I jump into that. Um, what else? I mean, there's tons. I mean, a lot of indie games too. I've been playing uh, this Riddle with Corpses EX or whatever it is. I'm oh, really getting God. into these uh, where they, Dual thumb, what do they call them? 
the twin stick shooters. Twin stick shooters. Yeah, love those. <laughs> I love. Yeah, them. super simple. <laughs> it's called and dual thumb. Dual thumb thing. <laughs> lock picking. Dual thumb shooter. You went yeah, from I can't do lock picking because of my thumb, so I really love twin right. stick shooters. I love the twin stick shooters. They're super simple. Um, and that's you know that's right up my alley. Um, just a lot of random games. I mean, I've been playing a little yeah. bit of here. You know, I, I get you're easily distracted by shiny things. So it's, you know, I, it's been mostly on Xbox, a little bit on switch. Um, I played through, I think one of the Octopath Traveler demo things, which I'm really excited to get into a little bit more. I really can't stand some of the dialogue. It's super weird and very, I don't know. I, it's like, what the hell? Just talk, talk normal. Why can't you just talk normal? I don't understand it, but, um, other than that, you know, just here and there, man, you guys just added a ton of stuff. God damn. What the? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Platypus was similar to 2018. Apparently that's my last one, so. Funny question you for you, Dan, before we get yeah. to Ains, but uh, <laughs> how big are the hard drives on your consoles? I'm just, I'm just curious. Cause you do everything the, digitally. I got the Scorpio. Mm -hmm. All right. I've got, so that's what one terabyte. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Then I've got two, I got dual eight terabyte Seagates. Oh and God. I've got a four terabyte Seagate for my <clears throat> PlayStation four. I don't have quite as many. And for my Xbox, I also have a uh, 500 gig uh, SSD card where I just kind of transfer games over switch. that I'm playing with. No, 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 oh. no, on my switch. No, I got three of them on my Xbox. I've got the two big hard drives I and I got so the a solid state drive. Yeah. Solid state drive. Yeah. SSD. <laughs> yeah. That's just for games that I'm playing, like, you know, a lot. You know, if I play, you know, like Sea of Thieves is on there. Yeah. So I play that quite a bit. You know, it just loads a little bit faster. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a noticeable difference. And it, you can just switch them out back and forth pretty easy. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I got, got the, quite uh, a bit of space. And I got so. the One X, I upgraded to a one terabyte SSD. So all my main games are on there. It's nice. Yeah. Oh, it's super nice. They're expensive as hell, but they're yeah. totally worth it. Totally worth it. <clears throat> what are you playing, Ains? Um, so playing a lot of Kingdom Come Deliverance because I uh, like lock picking. Um, Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, in all seriousness, I have been playing quite a bit of that. Um, simply, I was telling Bert yesterday because it uh, it's, and I think I wrote this in my article I did on it was the sense of escapism it provides is tremendous. Like it really transports you to that world. Um, and I just love it. I love that kind of 16th century stuff where you're hunting for armor and fighting bandits and um, just rolling around the world doing whatever the hell you want, um, stealing stuff out of chests. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm really enjoying that. Um, I did um, download the DLC for Prey called Moon Crash. It is a standalone $20 DLC. Um, completely separate from the main game, but it, it has story ties to the main game. So if you liked Prey, uh, I highly, highly recommend it. I've enjoyed the hell out of it, um, and it's highly replayable. So um, that's really, really fun. Uh, obviously, just got back into PUBG. That's kind of our go-to multiplayer game. So um, Bert, I, I, and a buddy were playing that last night. Uh, no chicken dinner, sadly, but we had some good times. It was fun to jump back into that. Um, sea of Thieves, I got excited about because they released the Banjo-Kazooie figurehead for the ships. And being a gigantic Banjo-Kazooie fan, I actually saw a picture of it before Sea of Thieves even released. And I said, I have to have that. So when I heard that it was in the game, I actually played by myself the other day just looking for shipwrecks so I could get enough money to buy it. Um, 
But Dan, I know we said we got to play that together. I'm always looking for yeah. someone to play that with because I don't really have. Bert was kind of iffy on it, I would say. And uh, none of the other buddies I play with play Sea of Thieves. So um, we got to get that going. Yeah, for sure. Um, Octopath Traveler. Uh, put a couple hours into that, into the demo like you, Dan. I just picked up the uh, special edition of it yesterday. It's really cool. And uh, looking forward to spending some time with that. And then um, I've mentioned these before, and I always get a laugh, but I'm telling you, they're hilarious. Is um, I had a lot of family around over the past month, and uh, the Jackbox Party Packs, if you've never played those um, for multiplayer, um, absolutely do it. They're not expensive. They're absolutely hilarious. You will uh, you get some drinks, have some laughs. It's, uh, it's a blast, and there's a lot of different ways you can play. So, And only one person needs the game. Everyone else plays from their phone or tablet or PC, what have you. So really cool. Cool. Um, I've been in backlog clearing uh, territory for a while now. I did go back and finish Prey. Thankfully, it finally got an enhancement. Yeah, it took forever. The uh, Xbox One X finally got an enhancement for it, so I was finally uh, playable for me. I really struggled with the original uh, launch of that game on the on the one on the Xbox One. Um, so I finished that; it was fantastic. Um, still not player of the game or play of the what? <laughs> you're still, still not, not game of the year. Dual thumbs. Yeah, uh, yeah, dual thumbs. Still dual not thumbs. game of the year for me, but it was very good. And um, if you are playing it for the first time or anything, I do suggest experimenting with the. Typhon powers a lot more before you get to the end of the game. I learned that the hard way. Um, I'm also uh, finishing the Uncharted uh, remasters. Um, I finished the part one. I'm about halfway through two. I'll get to three, and then I'm actually going to play four and Lost Legacy all over again because I wanted to get the extra stuff that I didn't find when I went through the first time. Almost done with Infamous Second Son. That game was a lot better than I thought it was. However, it does get repetitive fairly quick. Um, I started playing NBA 2K18 with some friends with an online league, which is a lot of fun, um, and only because it was 15 bucks now because NBA games are kind of obsolete at this point until, I think, September, a new one releases. So we just did the new rosters, which was pretty fun. And uh, I did pick up Little Nightmare. So I have not played that game yet. I do have it installed, um, and I'm hoping to play some of that here in the next couple of weeks because it's kind of a shorter title. Yeah, and uh, I have Crash Bandicoot also that I finally unwrapped and installed onto my PlayStation. So looking forward to that one, too. I, I played the originals. I, I liked them a lot back in the day. Um, I hope this one kind of reels me into playing them all over again. However, I'm not sure I'll play all of them to the fullest again. So If, we'll if you're just looking to uh, enjoy playing Crash again, I would say start with Part 2. Part 2 uh, was a huge step up from Part 1. Part one's really dated. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of seeing that with a lot of the remasters. Like, uh, Uncharted 1 is not a good game. <laughs> that was so rough. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is very, very rough. And I think the only way I got through it is because I love the Uncharted series overall. And I like Nathan Drake a lot. So I was able to get through with his, um, I guess, his conversations and some of the characters. But the gameplay, the puzzles, the um, hit detection on enemies is really, really poor. So I'm glad they got a sequel to that game back on the PlayStation yeah. 3. Did you hear the... Um... Going back to the news, you're speaking of Uncharted. Did you hear the comments about it this week? Uh, someone was uh, one of the animators, along with Amy Hennig, were saying that when you're playing and he's getting shot at, it they kind of, you know, people always joke that Drake can take like 100 bullets before dying, you know? Mm -hmm. um, they said that actually, in the how the game is designed, is that Drake never gets hit. Is the screen turning red? Is him, is his luck running out? And when wow. he eventually gets hit, that's when he dies. He only takes one bullet to die. But the red is uh, 
when they first designed the game, the way they designed it was experimenting with ways to tell the player that you're getting too dangerous, too dangerous, too dangerous, and then finally a bullet will hit huh. you and you'll die. I never knew that. Um, but, but the unfortunate thing for me is I play on the hardest difficulty when I'm going through these remasters, so I, I got hit in one shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> my luck is luck. bad. Yeah, yeah no, no luck whatsoever. There's some parts that actually the gameplay was so bad in part one that I had to replay it over and over and over because he would never land on what I put him on. So to, to y'all's point, uh, it was pretty poor, and I'm glad they got a sequel to kind of improve on things. And you can really tell the budget jumps up big time in part two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys, so. you guys. Side note on that one also. Did you guys see Nathan Fillion's Twitter post? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If I, this is true. Fantastic. Well, he's going to be Drake. Yeah. Yeah. He he put it. He posted something on Instagram. He posted a picture of Drake, like not the Drake from the game, but like the Drake, the singer from the. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then right after that, I think he posted a picture of some maps with something on there. Oh, uh, he would be uh, the perfect choice. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. He looks just like him. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And then I, they said something about Brian Cranston as Sully, and hmm. so I don't know about that one. But. Yeah, I don't know about that one, but you know what? I like Brian Cranston, so I'll take it. But, I like him too. It's funny because yeah. Mark Wahlberg was tied to that role a while ago, and oh I was like, God, please don't, don't do even it. do it. No, and no, uh, no. thankfully, that one failed, yeah. and that that picture Just put was the Rock in. The Rock. <laughs> He's in everything else, so <laughs> might as well put him in that too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. Anyways, uh, that's kind of what we're playing. Um, we actually have a main topic for us for us today to to discuss. So let's uh, let's let, let's talk about it. I almost forgot we did have a main topic. Um, yeah. So the whole point of this main topic is to talk about retail games these days. And um, GameStop has been in the news a lot these days because they are closing stores in a number of areas. They're kind of like the Starbucks of video game stores in the sense to where you have. Literally, GameStop's right across the street from each other. And um, I do, right next to my work, um, I literally have one right next to my office. And if I cross the interstate, there's one right across the street. Um, and at the same time, there is bigger GameStop stores compared to the really small ones that are just a tiny little retail space. However, um, their stock is falling a lot. There's been rumors that it is for sale currently right now. Um, they haven't really been getting any big offers. There's a lot of lowball offers from what we're hearing in the industry. Um, and as we have seen other stores that are not even brick and mortar, but online stores are starting to kind of change the way they sell games too. So we did want to talk about retail gaming um, and what we think about its future. And once again, this is just opinions. We're not analysts. We're not coming from it from the inside of any store. But let's start out with where do you usually buy your games? Dan, I think we know already to an extent. Um, yeah. Let's start out with you since you're kind of the digital guy with us. Do you buy directly from the Microsoft, Nintendo, and PlayStation stores or what do you do? Yeah, it all depends. Um mostly i wait for you know now gosh i don't know how to say this so there are other sites that sell codes and stuff like that you know like cd keys and stuff like that sometimes i'll pick up a game from there uh, most of my stuff is directly from the microsoft store from the eShop, or from the psn store um it, it's you know for me it's more of a more convenient way to do things um I know I miss out on a lot of like, you know, the resale and all that other stuff. And, um, but yeah, I've got, like I said, nine and a half, no, no more than that. 16, I guess. Yeah. So eight, eight, yeah. 17 and a half terabytes of storage, <laughs> you know, and I really only have, I think, gosh, maybe like 40 something percent left. So, and, and that's just on the Xbox on the PlayStation. I don't wow. have quite as many because I'm a little bit newer to that system. Um, it's just more of a convenient thing for me. Um, 
as far as GameStop goes, I, I don't go there very much. But, you know, we've kind of got the same thing here. Uh, Ains over at, like, and there's a mall and it's got a little GameStop. And then across the street, there's another GameStop, mm-hmm. you know, over there. And it's, it's, I'm surprised one of them hasn't closed down. Maybe they have. I haven't been there forever. But um, I just, it, it's more of a convenience thing. And that's, the, the industry is trending that way, you know, over the last, eight, nine years, I think it went from, you know, 80% physical to, you know, 20% or something like that. I think it's, it's a huge shift and it's just, you know, there's a lot of benefits for the physical. It's always cheaper for sure. Um, You can get a lot more deals, you know, with the physical editions and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, some people like to have that. You guys obviously are that way. I'm more of a, I don't want to get off my chair and switch my game because my attention span is about this big. So if I get frustrated with the game, I can just hit my home button, switch over to the next one and just, you know, start playing something else. So for me, it's more of a convenience issue. And, you know, I've got, you know, 600 games or so that, you know, most of which I haven't even opened up one time. So it's, 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 it's a problem. Yep. And Ains, how about you? We'll kind of go through each one of us. How do we buy games today? Or how do we shop? How about you? Yeah, so uh, physical, unless there is no physical option. Um, and I'm a huge collector of collector's editions and special editions. So nowadays, um, you know, you see things like Red Dead 2, right? We were joking the other day about how complicated it is to get everything from a physical standpoint for that game. Um but yeah, usually we talked about this on our, another video we did, right? Usually Best Buy or Amazon because you get 20% off um, because Amazon stopped doing the 20% on collector's editions, usually Best Buy now. Um, I just picked up the Octopath special edition yesterday. Um, but yeah, uh, physical if I can. Um, the only games I buy digital are digital only games. You know, Cuphead is a good example there, things like that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I always want that disc. And I still collect, um, as you do too, Bird. I mean, I still buy... Uh, games for old systems too. Still just building that collection back up from all the things I sold over the years. So I just like having them around. I've got multiple shelves of games around here. Yeah, so I'm very similar to Ains. Um, With the exception of any downloadable games that are either on PlayStation Plus for that month, Xbox Live Gold, Gamer Pass, those are the only times I have digital. The only other times I buy digital is if there is a crazy sale going on. Um, I remember I got God of War remastered for $3 when it was on one of those summer sales uh, from Sony. So I I tend to buy physical as well. Um, My biggest thing here is, you know, retailers, even online, are changing quite a bit the way they, they did. As Ains mentioned, Amazon has changed their video game structure for Prime members a number of times, not just once now. Uh, Best Buy has now canceled their gamer um, their gamer uh, club uh, uh, unlimited access program as well. The only people that can get that now, or I should say that have that now, are people that were existing members. You can't as a new member. And if you're an existing member, you can't renew that. That has been one of our favorite ways of going. And GameStop's reward program is not very good for a new type of uh, purchase that you're buying from. If you're buying new stuff, it works really great for trade-in values and also sales that they have. So it seems like uh, retailers are kind of combating this digital thing. You can also buy digital codes from Amazon, from Best Buy, and then just use that code, as um, kind of Dan mentioned. Um, One thing that's kind of interested me in this entire thing is, will gaming kind of go the way of books? And the 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 reason I mentioned that is because 
when the Kindle first came out and all the electronic e-readers came out, um, everybody thought that it was going to be 100% books were going to be moving to the digital aspect. Well, believe it or not, hardback books are actually making a comeback. I think it's uh, now 60-40 uh, digital, and the numbers continue to fall on the digital side. People are buying books again and reading books again. Now, that's a little different. You know, you take it out, you turn the pages, you read it versus something you see on a screen. Um, I really don't know what the future is for GameStop as a brick-and-mortar store because I do see them closing in certain areas, and GameStop has mentioned they will start closing areas that there is too much of a GameStop presence in one area where they can have just one store. The other thing I want to talk about on that front as well is that um, if you're a collector and want to buy something physical at, at a store, it seems like collector's editions and stuff, you have to pre-order, and if you don't pre-order, you're not going to find it at a physical store anymore unless you buy it from their online store. I think that the uh, brick-and-mortar stores are no longer wanting to keep stock of those collector's editions and just order a number of them. Uh, we've been burned, or I shouldn't say burned, but we've been made aware, like for the God of War console, Octopath Traveler, the collector's editions right now, if you did not pre-order that at a GameStop, they're not getting additional collector's editions to sell simply at retail. So that's changing the the way the, um, I guess, the storefront retail policies are going. You can still get Octopath Traveler collector's editions um, at BestBuy.com, Amazon.com, and even GameStop.com they have them, but you can't get them in stores anymore. Even at Best Buy, they don't have them stocked. So it's changing the way things are. Um, that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, quick question for both of you guys. Do y'all ever think that you will do the opposite of what you're doing now? So Dan, you mentioned it's a convenient side. Do you ever see yourself whatsoever going maybe back to physical for whatever reason? Okay, so I pre-ordered the Spider-Man oh, yeah. awesome mm -hmm. edition. Okay, that comes with the game. So I'm going to send that probably to one of my buddies and then buy it digitally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's how much I don't care about physical mm -hmm. media anymore. I mean, all my, I don't have any more CDs. I got rid of all those. Yeah. You know, the only thing I actually do have as far as any kind of media is vinyl. And that's more of a, you know, aesthetic, I guess, like a, you know, something I can listen to, you know, I really enjoy that. But I mean, as far as gaming, no, I mean, it, it's, okay. unless I get a hellacious deal and that would probably only be for the switch. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I think I could see myself actually buying those because they don't take up a lot of space. You know, I can take them out of the box, put the boxes away somewhere. I just don't have the room you know, you know, to have all these physical games. That's a, that's one of the issues I have um, with the switch. You know, while I'm probably going to get most of the stuff through the eShop, I could see myself actually purchasing some of those cartridges for that. Um, short of that, though, I don't think I'll ever go back to physical, although I do, you know, miss those, you know, GameStop trips, you know, mm -hmm. trading in and, you know, getting that bonus and all the other stuff. You know, I mean, that's I'm going to be honest with you. That's one of the reasons I got the PS4 is because they had that insane deal back in like almost a year ago where they had, it was like, take three games in, you get plus mm -hmm. 60%. I oh, made yeah. like $1,400 <laughs> off of three Nintendo DS games. That's what I started with. I ended up getting those back. I got a PS4, a Switch, uh, I don't know how many digital codes for, you know, Xbox <laughs> and stuff. I mean, I made a crap load of money doing that stuff now if they ever had something like that yeah i'd go take you know absolutely <laughs> take advantage of them here's the thing with gamestop they just you know their their values and their trade and stuff has always been garbage. consulting yep. yeah it, it's really you know so it's almost like you know I, I just rather keep it and just you know pony up the extra 30 cents or whatever they're going to give you for you know 
Fallout 3 on the Xbox. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I, I see myself sticking with digital pretty much yeah. from here on out. I think, like I said, I think that's where it's going. I don't know if it'll ever be totally that way because that'll cut off quite a bit of uh, some people just don't have access to, you know, uh, maybe Internet, you know, like that you need anymore for, you know, just to download this stuff. People have data caps, you know, so if you're downloading, you know, the Halo Master Chief collection at 100 gig, you know, there goes your Internet for the you know whole <laughs> month. You know, so there, there, you know, so it, it's I don't ever see it going away completely, yep. you know, so it, it'll be there for, for a while anyway. Yep. How about you, Ains? Anything that will ever make you move to the opposite, which is digital only? Um, I don't think so. Um, and I so say even. Oh, well, let me uh, let me phrase that a little bit differently for you. Yeah. So and with as we're seeing, collector's editions are no longer coming with games, or I uh -huh. shouldn't say many of them aren't. So yep. would you maybe do digital only if the collector's edition came with all the fancy stuff and maybe even a steelbook? Yeah. So I've been kind of annoyed by that. Um, not uh, well. Let me let me back up. So I like how they're doing the collector's editions now. That doesn't come with the game. And I know a lot of people are like, "Why doesn't it come with the game?" That's ridiculous. But Dan just gave the perfect example. He wants Spider-Man digitally. He's buying the Spider-Man collector's edition, and they're forcing a, you know, a, a physical disc on him in that collector's edition. I'm sure Dan would have preferred if it was sixty dollars less and just didn't come with the game, because then he could have bought the digital title and had the stuff with it, which is the whole. Or, or an option for a digital code. Yeah, you know, or an option. So, so the one of those two. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, the pr production companies can't make multiple SKUs, right? right. So it's just easier mm -hmm. to produce the thing. But anyway, um, actually. Um, to your point, Bert, I get annoyed. Like, uh, what's a good example here? Uh, Halo 5 Collector's Edition. It was a big collector's edition. Came with everything, right? Came with that steel book and the statue, which is actually right behind the camera, and some other things. But it came with a digital code for Halo 5. That annoyed the hell out of me. So I sold that code. What I do in those instances, I sell the digital code, and then I go buy a physical copy. Um, so... I, I don't know. I, I was such a game collector for so many years with so many systems. And I was so disappointed in the last few years when I've gotten back into it, looking back on all the things I've sold, um, that really I'm, I'm huge on hard copies now and I very rarely get rid of anything. So unless, you know, I'm, my hand is forced, I don't think I'll ever give up collecting games going forward. Gotcha. I'm kind of in the same boat. And um, I will tell you, though, to Dan's point, the convenience of simply closing out a game and launching another yeah. one, with just a, a hit of a button is amazing. It's nice. Um, and I, it's funny, because we, if we think about the launch of the Xbox One, um, they did have a solution for that. <laughs> you could, you did, you were able to buy it physically, you could install it onto your system, and you didn't need a disc after that. Um, and that got shut down like <laughs> really, really bad. And then as we're moving to that model now, that's what everybody is doing now. People are yep. doing the digital aspect of side. So did Microsoft have it right back in the day? Who knows? That's for someone else to decide. But there, there was a uh, big article on that um, few uh, just before E3 on Reddit. It was Microsoft oh, really? had it had it right back in 2013. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because most people, and I'm not going to speak for everybody around the world because of specific reasons, but who really disconnects their Microsoft, Xbox One, or PlayStation 4 or Switch from the internet ever? It's usually connected in your cabinet, and you leave it there, and you turn it on whenever you want, you turn it off. That's really it. You don't really... Anyway, so that's, that's a whole other main topic. It's a whole other conversation, but... Yeah, it is interesting to see the way things are going. Um, and, and to the point that we were just talking about, the experience at your average GameStop is usually a poor one. 
you usually have them asking why you don't have this. Do you want to buy the warranty for that? Do you want to extend your pro membership? Do you want to do this? It becomes really irritating. I've actually found it pretty inconvenient when I pick up a collectible. Um, and GameStop has maybe tried to evolve a little bit by now selling all kinds of collectible statues. They sell shoes, socks, hats, all kinds of stuff now. It is a very different uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, they, they bought ThinkGeek. It's a very different experience now than your old, remember Babbage's, Funko Land. I mean, that was just solidly gaming. Yep. And uh, you'd go in there and check out the new games. You could demo stuff with the TVs there and stuff. It was a different experience, and I wish they would have something like that nowadays. But um, which kind of segues me on to my new thing. I, In my opinion, I'm, I'm going to start out first this time, then you guys go. But where do you think gaming's going in the next one to three years? Um, I, I really think that the everyday GameStop store is going to pretty much close, um, or at least it's going to change in a dramatic form. I think that those types of stores are going to be more for retro games, as we kind of have in everyone's town. You have that one retro store where you go in and maybe games are super inflated. I have rarely seen those stores actually sell things for what they're actually worth without trying to make a lot more profit. There's reasons for that, and that's, once again, for another um, uh, bit cast. But um, I think... Uh, GameStop will turn into something like a Think Geek, and a lot of the physical media that they're selling there will simply be if you want to order one, if you want to pre-order it. Other than that, they'll have digital codes. They might sell consoles. They maybe not. There's been a lot of uh, rumors as to how the consoles will evolve over time. Once again, another bitcast. But um, I think they'll turn into retro stores eventually. Your Super Nintendo games, 360, PS3, and even in the next three to five years, you know, eventually Xbox One and PlayStation 4 games will be considered retro to an extent, or at least last gen, uh, to where you can get that physical stuff. So, um, I don't know. It, it, it is an interesting conversation. I think retail is going to change a lot. And once again, not just brick and mortar, but online is evolving and trying to do things differently. Um, like I said, you can get those digital codes from any retailer, even Target and Walmart sell retail codes now. So, uh, what do you guys think? Ains, how about you go second this time? Yeah, I think I think you've probably pretty nailed it. I think, and we've already seen some of that evolution. Um, you know, they're, they're, the merchandising around video gaming is bigger than it's ever been, and it just continues to grow. We were talking about this other day. There's just collectibles for nearly any game you like now. Um, and I, I absolutely, we've already seen GameStop go that route. Um, you know, you can walk into a Target now, and they have shelves of video game collectibles. So um, it's becoming more of like a toy industry than anything else. Um, but I, I think GameStop's already going that direction. I think you're right. I think uh, them selling codes, um, not stocking, you know, things that take up a lot of space, kind of uh, consolidating their storefront. We're going to see that heavily. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, the major retailers, too. You know, a lot of people, we're talking about GameStop and um things of that nature. But I mean, if you think about the average consumer, many people buy their games from Walmarts or uh, Targets or um, well, not Toys R Us anymore, sadly. Um, but you know, those major stores that basically sell everything else and they just happen to have video games as well. So whether or not they'll still keep those sh shelves available for retail copies or physical copies of games, uh, I don't know. But I think I think Dan's probably correct. Um, you know, like if you look at PC or Steam, it's, you know, overwhelmingly digital, right? But there's hardly anything hard copy on PC nowadays. Um, and that's kind of sad in a way, but I, I, that's the direction it's going. I think the focus is going to be on getting the games digitally and then getting the collectibles or the things associated with the games will be the physical things that are sold. Yeah, really quick, Dan, before you start, um, have you guys been to a Target lately and see how they have reformatted their video game sections? I have you guys? 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm in Target all the time. I mean, the I don't know what you mean by reformat it. So go ahead and then I'll let you know. Yeah. So the video game behind the glass games, there's almost none of it left anymore. Um, there's only three to four copies of each game. They have literally like a kiosk of all the games and it's a digital activation code. So you take that up to target, you scan it and then automatically it gives you a code from there. Mm. Um, they now have three aisles of collectibles now. So you have like the console kiosk where all of them are behind the glass. And then you have controllers, you have the Nintendo branded toys. Now you have what used to be Skylanders, things like that. You have like an Amiibo section and now you have like board games, tiny statues and stuff like that. But the actual games where you used to have kiosk and like the lines of games are now disappearing completely. Hmm. Don't wow. you start with Amiibos. Don't you start. Hey, they don't. Amiibos are not at retail that much anymore, believe it or not. They're hard to find now. Anyway, Dan, you're up. Yeah, so, yeah, I, like I, you guys said the same thing. It, it's 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 going in that direction. I know GameStop, they're doing a test for uh, uh, with comic books and like 40 other bigger stores. So mm. they're, they're, they're starting to kind of move in that direction. Because, you know, you see the writing on the wall. If you want to keep your business viable, you have to adapt and change. And um, I think, you know, there's really no reason short of a sale to go to GameStop and buy a digital code. You know, there's, I mean, when you can just do it on your Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, there, and, and maybe, and, you know, they've got incentives, you know, rewards and stuff. When you look at stuff that Microsoft's doing for, uh, like, with Game Pass, you know, I think that's another, you know, step in that direction um and it, it's not like you know when it first started out it was kind of yeah you know it's game pass you know whatever it's a little overpriced but now you're starting to see these other games come out for it you know third-party games like vermin tie 2 which you know is mm-hmm. what i played a little bit is a little it's pretty decent you know all their first party games are coming toward you know to that you know uh game pass um they're 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 they're, they're just making all these moves and, you know, these brick and mortar stores are just, you know, I think are going to eventually go, they either have to adapt or they're just going to go away, you know, just like Toys R Us did, which is super sad, you know, but, you know, growing up with that kind of stuff. And, you know, and I, I, that was my whole thing, you know, you, when I had games back for, you know, the other consoles, you know, especially like I, I would say Xbox, the original Xbox and PlayStation, you could take them in, trade them in, you know, maybe you take three games in, you get a, new game and that was you know before i was an adult and so it was you know that that's how i had to do it because i didn't have the money as you know a kid you know and uh it's i I would like to see something in that effect you know like maybe selling your licenses back to you know like of your digital purchases once that starts happening i mean that's it you know i think you you can you know there was there's ways i'm sure you could do it i don't know if they've ever explored that, you know, because really, you know, a lot of these games, you know, like you look at like, uh, like games on game pass, you know, some of them that aren't on there are because of, you know, licensing agreements with, you know, music and stuff like that. And then, you, you know, it's, I would like to see that. I think that's the next step into, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to sell my license back to you for, you know, a certain, you know, maybe it's 10 bucks or maybe it's five bucks. Maybe it's something where, you know, you, you don't have that anymore. When, if that happens, you know, then that's it. I mean, I think GameStop, they're already on the way out. 
you know, it, it's such a specific market. That's why I think it's why they're branching into these other areas like collectibles and stuff like that, comic books. So, I, you know, it's kind of sad to see that, you know, but eventually we're all going to be living in our houses and never leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can basically, yeah. you know, you, you can basically, you know, go to work and then come back and you never have to do anything. Cause like, you know, I get everything delivered through Amazon. You know, you think I'm just a game hoarder. I mean, I got literally pop tarts and granola bars <laughs> on a subscription service coming to my damn house. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, I got a little box over here that I can say, Hey, Alexa, order me this, you know, and it's done. I don't have to do crap. So this is all, you know, I, I worked my butt off for, you know, the last 20 years. I want to relax a little bit. This is my, this is my you know, I'm starting on the downside here. I'm going, <laughs> you know, I don't know how much time I got left. I want it to be easy. Yeah, I work hard enough <laughs> at work. Christ I want to come damn. home and relax. I don't want to have to do any of this garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, to your, shopping to your funny... peasants. <laughs> oh, you, you send the help out to get that kind of stuff. Well, I don't, I'm yeah. not rich by any means, but you know what? Yeah. I can call high via at my grocery store, spend a hundred bucks and it, my groceries will be here in about, you know, a couple hours. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. They've I also got uh, some grocery stores but, do that curbside checkout now where yeah, you, you can send that the order and it's ready that. to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. They're simplifying everything, which is making everybody super lazy, but you know <laughs> what? I'm on board. That's fine. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've earned it. <laughs> yeah. You know, my back is killing me anymore. I'm getting old, get off my lawn. You know, it, it's, you know, just, <laughs> I, I want some nice relaxing. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> oh man. Retiree podcast. I got this delivered. <laughs> yeah. One of the funny things you mentioned, Dan is, um, I'm kind of on the fence on what to do with Forza horizon, um, three. Uh, I, I don't know what to do as far as buy it because it's going to be available on Game Pass. Or four, I, if you're talking <clears throat> about the one that's coming out. Let me three rewind four. that. Four. <laughs> I don't know what to do with uh, four. And because the I think the ultimate edition for four is $100. And yeah. um, you get a steel book for it. That's pretty fantastic. Great. But is that steel book and the DLC that's going to come out in the future really worth a hundred dollars because I can get the the game without the DLC for free um, or I should say through my subscription service right. um, and so I, I'm wondering what to do there because as I just mentioned if you don't pre-order some of this stuff you are SOL later on down the road to where you right. might not be able to get that but if it's something that I can grab down the line when that ultimate edition steelbook is 20 bucks and I can still get the same experience with all the main cars and the main game for subscription service fees I don't know what to do so I'm on the fence about it We'll see what happens with that purchase as that game approaches, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. So, all right, well, that kind of wraps up kind of our talk on uh, retail. It's 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 uh, everybody's different, as we all know. The industry's changing all the time. Retail's changing. Uh, we'll see what happens here in the near future, um, but I do expect quite a bit of changes here in the next one to three years is what my uh, projection is there as a non-analyst once again as I'm clear there <laughs> but um, let's talk about collectibles and if we have any that we're talking about Dan I maybe shudder to ask the question but do you have any collectibles this, all right, hold on for a second I wish I could find my other stuff all right this is a Skyrim apron like <laughs> <barbecuing>. <laughs> all right you see that oh, there it is oh, man. my son gave me this 
That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's about the only collectible I have. Um, also, I, I, I wish I could have found him because he also he, he gets that loot crate. And some of the times yeah. he doesn't like the stuff yeah. that comes in and he just gives it to me. So I got some Bioshock socks. Bio socks, wow. if you will. And they are awesome. I wish I had them. I think I saw it. You posted on Twitter, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, they're oh, fantastic. They're blue. You, you also have this. I just haven't given it to you yet. The Daily oh, Bugle. you were the man. Yes, yes. So, Coming over um, today. Yeah, I got a... Uh, <laughs> Got uh, that oh, sitting here for Dan when I get the I'm house to get here. About that one. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, nice. that's, that's my extent. Uh, nope, that's it. Cool. <laughs> Ains, how about you? I mean, we've we've got a lot of stuff. Anything you want to share? You got too, too, too much stuff, honestly. Um, so I, I could go on for a while because not only all, did have all the stuff from E3 that we got, and we got a bunch of stuff, but I actually ordered over the past month like several things. So I've got like this... <laughs> One out of 30 Cuphead poster. I've got a Sea of Thieves art book signed by a bunch of people from Rare. Um, I'm only thinking about all these things right now, which is why I don't have them. Um, but as you can see behind me, um, I've got these Anthem prints that uh, Bert and I got from E3. Framed them all up. I'm still setting up my new game room, but they're going to be going up on the wall somewhere. But they're really, really nice quality. Um, really cool to, to have them. And then this uh, guy I know named Bert. Um Good bought guy. me my first. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, you, you're not missing much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bought me my first uh, Tataku. Is that right? Yep. Tataku figure, oh, yeah. uh, the, the hunter from Bloodborne. So very, very cool. I'm I'm on the fence whether or not I want to open him or not. And I already told Bert that I am really, really not trying to start collecting another fucking thing. Excuse my <laughs> language. So. Um, no. But it is kind of funny. We were just talking about Think Geek and GameStop. There you go, Think Geek. But is. these uh, these look really cool. I'm surprised at how detailed they are. Um, I could see why people collect them for sure, and I'm just going to try to resist the urge to buy more of them. Yeah, they have zero. Um, you can't use them in any games whatsoever, like you can Amiibo. They are hand painted. Didn't we already talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't even amiibo, bro. No, I just, oh. I just wanted to talk to y'all about. I mean, they're okay. They're not amiibos, but you know. No, no. So, in my opinion, I actually think uh, they're just as high quality as the amiibos. Um, but the cool thing about them is that you can just put them on your shelf, and they're really cool. They're high quality. Yeah. They have a, a good weight to them too, which is nice. They're not some piece of plastic. They're like made out of a a plaster type thing, which is really cool. Hmm. Um, but the thing that I like about the tacos is um, you can really get whatever you want from whatever favorite game. They're not only Sony uh, franchises either. So there's like a Sea of Thieves one, which is really cool. There's like mm-hmm. an F-Zero uh, cart one. Parappa the Rapper's there. Uh, Kratos and Atreus are, are some of them too. So they're yeah, cool. And they're only by Master Chief when he comes out. Oh, man, I hope he does because the detail would be awesome on him. Um, but they're only 10 bucks. They're a lot cheaper than the Amiibos are, which I like a lot. The only negative thing about them is that you can only get them at GameStop and ThinkGeek. You can't get them anywhere else. So um, I wish they were like at Best Buy to where we could use our rewards program. <laughs> it comes right back to what we were talking about. They're going to yep. have exclusive collectibles game related. Yep. Um, I'm going to be super quick on my uh, collectible stuff this week. I've, I've got a lot of just stuff. Um, one of the cool things is we finally got our hands on the NES Classic Editions. I've got mine like right up here and I've got the controller. These were like impossible to find. The controllers are still hit and miss to find. Um, if you can get one, get one now before they're impossible to find around Christmas. So I was happy to get one of those. I did uh, get some uh, retro stuff because um, uh, we're doing some videos on Dreamcast stuff. And stay tuned for that video. But um, I got Virtua Tennis. Yes, classic. I remember this game, but it's one of the best Fantastic. multiplayer games um, ever. 
Um, I got a complete one that even has the original like ads on the inside too. So I was really happy to get that. And um, I can't wait to play that. Another thing that I got locally, which is really cool is, and I think Ains had one of these as a season reflections, but I got the Animusha games. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great uh, game. Mint condition. Awesome yeah. They, one thing that I really uh, noticed about the old way we used to game was, if I can get it out, was the books that these came with. They are awesome and fantastic. Okay, and you, have, you have so much about the story and the characters. If you want some background on them, it was really cool to see these. So, um, I'm not sure if I'll play it again or anything. I mean, I got them uh, for a really good deal, but they might be playable. I have no idea what the playability is on the Animusha games as they used to be. But yeah, um, no, no idea. Fun to get that. But um, as Ian said, we've got a ton of just uh, swag from E3 that maybe we'll do a quick video on some fun stuff that we got, and maybe even some giveaways uh, down the line of stuff that we think you might like more that we would. Um, so we do like to have giveaways on that point. We're going to kind of wrap up our um, our bidcast for today. Ains, is your giveaway still going on for uh, for Gamer Pass? Game Pass, it is. I'm gonna I'm ending it tonight though. So okay. uh, by yeah, time this won't see it. Yeah, by time um, this airs, it'll be over. But we do have more stuff, more codes for games and other things. Uh, yep. I think I may do a giveaway for my Smash Brothers pin, which is really sought after by the hardcore Nintendo guys. So. Um, and I have some extra daily bugles. Um, as you said, we got a bunch of stuff, so I just got to go yeah. through it. Um, on that point, I'll have a game a gamer pass one that I will be doing a giveaway on. So we have a lot of stuff that we're wanting to share with the community uh, that we got from E3 um, and share it with you guys. So keep keep a just an eye out on Twitter for those. Um, and as we're mentioning them in our YouTube video here slash podcast, make sure that if you are following us or are not following us, to follow us. If you are following us on YouTube, there is a uh, bell uh, icon there that you can hit. So anytime we upload something, uh, you'll immediately be notified that Season Gaming has something out. Um, Ains, did you want to kind of talk about what kind of the, the future is that we're we are going to be doing our bitcast every two weeks now um, again? So that'll be something to do. Anything you want to mention as to what you think we'll be doing from an article standpoint or news or anything, videos that you might have in mind? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, so I'd like to get back to uh, us doing an E3 recap video. I know it's a month after E3 now, um, but I mean, a lot of the information is relevant, right? Because the majority of the games we're going to be talking about haven't released. So maybe we'll do like a combined, uh, you know, fall preview slash E3 recap video um, in the coming weeks. Uh, like I said, daily news and content will be returning to season gaming here likely this week. So if you're, you know, used to checking out some of the, the daily updates and articles that are up there, um, as for, uh, written articles, I don't have anything on more. Well, I actually did start an article just before E3, um, on Microsoft's direction in the gaming industry, um, which I think is a highly relevant topic right now, especially post E3 with their studio partnerships and announcements. So uh, I may get back to working on that. But um, yeah, just really getting back to daily content, getting the podcast and BitCast up uh, biweekly like we're used to. And, um, you know, it's good to be kind of chatting with everyone again. So look forward to interacting with the community again. Yeah, we also have some videos coming um, that are, we're going to have a cable that actually has released. It's a Dreamcast cable that is an HDMI port cable. So that's something that we are going to be reviewing. We have some other stuff that um, we'll kind of keep you in suspense for that are from the same makers. Um, and then I have some videos coming that are more of the hardware stuff. Once again, the, the camera view for you. So um, hopefully you stay tuned to us, folks. Like I said, if you're not subscribing on either of the podcasting or YouTube or even Twitter, Keep an eye out for some fun giveaways that we have coming out. 
Um, we have a, a fun one coming up with FIFA for World Cup since tomorrow is the final. Um, keep an eye out for that. I know, Ains, you're a massive FIFA guy, so you'll be playing that maybe this weekend. For the I tomorrow. like FIFA. I'm, I'm still pissed about the England loss the other day, but I'll get over it. Yeah. Anyways, folks, Dan, uh, thanks again for joining us as always, man. We always appreciate you out here cracking us up in tears most of the times. And uh, <laughs> we hope to have you back as, as, as often as we can. So thanks for joining. Um, and uh, thanks for listening, folks. 